Come on. Jeffrey, are you ready? I'm ready, George. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is a strong and powerful Jeffrey Shaw. He is an author. He is the author of The Self-Employed Life. He is a TEDx and keynote speaker and a small business coach. I'm excited to have you on. Jeffrey, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, my personal life, let me see, I live here in uh, Miami, Florida. I'm kind of a, I'm a New York City transplant. I came down here for, I came down here for three months, six years ago, and never left. <laughs> and that actually tells you a lot about who I am and, and how I've lived my life and my business, which is I fully believe that lifestyle comes first and business decisions come second. So I came down here thinking, uh, just getting away for the winter and found that it was a lifestyle that really fueled the entrepreneurial spirit in that New York City made me think big, grow big. But we, you know, we get to a point in our lives where what we need is a quick recovery because life is crazy. And I came down here and realized that I could just walk on the beach and refuel the tank and, um, and then get back at it. And once I discovered that, I realized that New York City wasn't the only place in the world for me that uh, I needed to live on the beach. And, uh, and here I am. As far as why I do what I do, Gosh, you know, like a lot of us, it's been a series of iterations. I often say I'm Jeffrey 4.0 <laughs> because I started my life off as a, uh, or my professional life anyway, as a portrait photographer for affluent families. Uh, did that straight out for 25 years, still do, very little. Uh, but for 25 years, that was all I did and all I knew and how I made all my money. And then about 13 years ago, I just, I started coaching. I had, I had had a coach for seven years prior to that. And I realized, you know, what? I just love business. I could talk a business all day, particularly business owners. Uh, it doesn't have to be my own business to build. In fact, I think there's a certain joy that comes from watching other people achieve their dreams. So I started coaching. I've received over a thousand hours of training. And the reason I say 4.0 is because, you know, prior to writing my book, The Self-Employed Life, and I actually set out writing a, another book. A similar book, but for a broader audience. And what I realized going into this pandemic was that the people I was most worried about were self-employed business owners and worried about the fact that we typically don't get the financial help that we've needed from our, from our governments and how we're overlooked and how we're, we're so strong. We take all the hits on the chin on our own. We don't ask for help. And that's why I do what I do. I, I, I refer to myself as an advocate for self-employed business owners because I not only want to coach them, help them succeed. I also want to fight for our rights. I want to get more, and I am somewhat politically involved. I want to continue, that will be my future, to get more and more politically involved so that uh, the self-employed business owners get the respect and the, and the rights that we deserve. We're the hardest working people on the planet. Amen. Certainly appreciate that. When you think about going into politics, Jeffrey, doesn't that just, doesn't it make you not want to go into politics? <laughs> no, I was I was heavily involved in Connecticut state politics years ago. I didn't hold a position, but I was a, I was an activist. I mean, I was very active in in. Uh, so you know, here's the thing with my son. And my son is very heavily involved in politics, and I know, believe me, it's 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 a crazy experience. But you know, at the root of the word, and I think a lot of people over, overlook this that it's it's wanting to be a public servant, mm -hmm. and there's a difference between a politician and a public servant. And there actually are a lot of people that hold political titles that are truly at their heart public servants. So they exist. 
And believe me, if I got involved in what one calls politics, it would be to be a public servant for the audience that I care about, not for personal gain. Amen. So speaking on, on being a, on being a servant and not necessarily a public servant, but for an entrepreneur, how, how, how do you see a correlation there? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it can be tried to just say, you know, I think the word serve to serve others can almost become trite, you know, because yeah, of course, of course we all want that. It's like saying I offer the best customer service, but if you don't understand what that means to you, it's just a trite comment and, and it's, it's not a differentiator. You know, I always say customer service in and of itself is not a differentiator um, because the person down the road can copy your or beat your customer service. Um, it becomes something more than that when you take the time to really understand the people you serve. And this, of course, this audience of self-employed business owners is the easiest audience for me to serve because that's who I am. It's all I've ever known. I mean, I, I have actually never had a traditional job. I've never received a paycheck. I've been selling, I sold eggs at, started selling eggs at 14 years old, door to door, because I lived in the country and I, I went, I was professional. A professional photographer by 20 like I have never received a paycheck from anyone other than my own myself my own business and this is in my blood this is talk about lifeblood right this is who I am this is my lifeblood my lifeblood has and I believe always will be uh in support of self-employed business owners because I'm in the trenches right with them I'm still living it so yeah that to me separates customer service serving others takes it at a trite and makes it real when you really feel like these are the people that you need to show up for. Yeah, nice. So talking about uh, self-employed folks don't get the financial help that they need. They, and they, they, they don't ask for help. And so you are advocating for them. Are there some key areas that you find this is where folks need advocacy? Mm -hmm. For one, it's uh, knowing they're not broken. You know, I mean, being self-employed is such an odd experience to the extent that even our partners and lives, if they're not also self-employed, they don't get us. Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've been joking lately because I just think it's so funny. About three weeks ago, my mom asked me, you know, now mind you, I'm 57 years old. And three years ago, my, uh, three weeks ago, my mother asked me, so how do you make your money? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love it because I'm like. Damn, even after all these years, you know, 37 years of self-employment, I mean, she didn't get it as a photographer because she's like, why do rich people pay you? Um, let alone now, it's like, because we're actually selling as a coach, it's like untangible. Like, I can't show her a product I sell. So you realize that, you know, the world just doesn't get us. So I think a lot of the advocacy is first letting people know that, you know, there are people just like you and that you're normal. When I, as a speaker, one of, as one, of, uh, one of the most common comments I get when I walk off stage, people say to, me, say to me, thank you for giving me permission. And for the longest time, George, I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, what am I giving you permission for? When I realized they're giving, I was, they felt a sense because I am them. I am they, I'm not sure which is correct. But they felt like, you know, they immediately felt like I understood. They felt seen, heard, and understood. And that I gave them permission to A, be who they are, stop listening to a world telling you to focus on one thing, sit still and shut you, keep your mouth shut. Like I gave them permission to like, no, by nature, you're a creative thinker. You're going to see all the shiny objects. There's a way of managing it, but don't shut down because a more narrow minded traditional world is telling you to focus on one thing. 
and then also I feel like my, my strategies, the strategies I teach in my book, the self-employed life are what I refer to as right sized. Like they are specific, specifically to work for small and self-employed businesses. And that was the other part of the permission. People felt like, wow, I have a way of, there's a way of being in business that my intuition has always told me to be, be empathetic, be relationship minded, you know, be, uh, you know, reciprocal minded, like what you give out is what you get back. It's a way I believe most self-employed business owners have always wanted to be in business, but find themselves stuck trying to emulate what they experience from other businesses, which goes against their grain. I love it. You've given me permission. I think that the, what a powerful thing because these folks are, are, is it that they're wired in a way or that, that, that's, that, that's just it. Just be who you are. And when they see somebody, he's saying, really embrace that. The, the, the way that you view things, the way you think about things, just trust it. Go with it. You know, if you asked, if you got, a, if you got all the self, and I've taken very similar polls on a smaller audience, but you could imagine if you got all the self-employed business owners in a room and asked them how many felt like the black sheep in their family, I'll bet 90% of the hands would go up. Hmm. Right. It takes a certain nature of being an outlier to to live in an to live an outlying life, you know, as a self-employed business person. So by nature, you already have positioned yourself as being different than everybody else and feeling alone. George, one of the things that stood out to me crazy was when I was doing my due diligence for the book, The Self-Employed Life. And so I went to Amazon, searched like what books are out there for self-employed business owners so that I, I don't replicate anything. Well, you know what? There weren't any. Hmm. The only books in the past several months as my book's been out, I think it's like one, maybe two more that have come along. They're even in the genre. And there is no category, by the way, for self-employed business books, right? It's small business or entrepreneurship, but there is no category for self-employed, right? So that tells you a lot right there. The only books that existed were about taxes, how to save money when you're self taxes when you're self-employed, how to pay your taxes when you're self-employed. Two things stood out to me. One is that, my God, none of that subject matters to us. <laughs> For those of us that are really self-employed, like taxes are not the number one thing in our mind. Marketing, getting more businesses. Number two, the thing that stood out to me is, holy crap, I've been in business for 36 years at the time, and this is the first time I even searched in Amazon to see if there was a book for me. Hmm. And that told me a lot. I'm like, and I told my publisher, I was like, our biggest marketing challenge is going to be that self-employed people don't know to look for the book. They don't know to look for the help. Right? So those two things that tell you how by nature, when you're self-employed, you see yourself as the outlier, you're doing something braver and bolder than everybody else. You are in, you innately feel like no one gets you, nobody understands you, and you're in it alone, and you have to figure it all out on your own. You don't. There are people like me in the world that, you know, I've written books, I write articles, I founded the Self-Employed Business Institute as a result of putting the book out there. I founded an entire, I created an entire five-month educational program because one common denominator I see in almost everyone that I've ever, well, not almost, literally everyone I've ever coached is they're really good at what they do, but the industry they're in doesn't have any business education on how to make money at it. So we're really good speakers, really good coaches, really photographer, really good photographer, really good skill sets, and no one teaches us how to make money at it. And that's what I do. Nice. Yeah, well, that's an important thing. 
Yeah, right? I mean, it's like I said, I mean, it seems so obvious. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking, but it's like a huge wake-up call to people to hear that. I'm like, yeah, guess what? I mean, I, hey, I've been a photographer, like I said, for 35, 30, well, 37 years now, and I've always said if I go to – I've gone to I'd countless photography conventions, and I always say if you give any photographer in this room a 1000 bucks, they're going to go buy a freaking lens so they can take prettier pictures. Instead of taking that $1,000 and hiring a coach or taking a program that's going to teach them how to make money – with that lens. And that's the problem. We're so caught up in a loop of getting better and better at what we do. But once you've achieved a certain level of competency, beyond that, you have to make money at it or you don't get to keep doing it. What a great analogy. A room full of photographers, if you gave all of them a thousand bucks, they would run right out and buy a better lens. Hundred, Like I said, I, 37 years in the industry, I, I, I guarantee you they would. And that's that, that's that, that that's awesome. Trust the instinct, but along the way, let's put some some structure in place to help you set yourself up for the long term. You know, it's a, again, I was just right in the beginning. Lifestyle leads first. You know, how is it you want to live? How how I mean, every here's the impetus behind writing the book, or or as uh, as someone pointed out to me once, every expert. This is a guy who researches experts, and he had, he recognized that every expert he's ever studied, their pathways they saw a pattern in the world for that created a problem for which they had a solution for. So they became an ex, a subject matter expert on that. And the pattern, when he pointed it out, I realized that was foundational as to why I was motivated to write the book, The Self-Employed Life, because the pattern I recognized was that every self-employed person I've ever asked why they went into business for themselves had the same answer. Everyone says to control my destiny, to control my future, to control the hours they work. It was all about control. To which I always enjoyed responding with, and how's that working out for you? <laughs> right? And everybody laughs because the fact of the matter is that we become self-employed to control our destiny, but we're entering completely uncontrollable circumstances. So it became a pattern I was intrigued with and then also realizing I had overcome that in my own life and I needed to teach other people how to do it. And the way of doing that is what I teach in the book is what I refer to as a self-employed ecosystem. It's understanding the three main components that are required when you're self-employed. And they're different than if you're traditionally employed. Because when you're self-employed, it's personal development that increases your personal development not self-help, and I'm very careful to distinguish that, right? Because I don't believe people are broken, therefore they don't need help. But they, our, our level of success when you're self-employed is relative to your level of personal development. You want more success in your business, you grow yourself as a person. You believe you're capable of more. You believe you deserve more. Like you constantly have to open up your own insides, your personal development, so that the next component is business strategy so that the hard work that you put in actually works. It's not blocked. It's not held back by limiting thinking. And then you need daily habits to sustain the previous two. So it's personal development, daily habits, uh, business strategies. Those three components are what make up the self-employed ecosystem. And all three need to be firing on all cylinders, not at equal amounts, because you're going to always spend more time in business strategy than you will daily, daily habits. But all three are essential. So I realized I recognized a pattern, I recognized a problem, and I recognized I had a solution. And that's what I do teach in both the book, and that's exactly what we build in the Self-Employed Business Institute is 
a healthy self-employed ecosystem for small business owners. I love it. I think that that makes a lot of sense how, how, how you've identified the pattern, the problem, and then created the ecosystem, which, which, which is the solution. Um, cause you've seen it thousands of times you've lived it. Yeah. And, and you uh, know, go to go back to the permission piece. So I might add to that it's holistic. And that's one of the, that is the, the biggest distinguishable difference between a traditional job and being self-employed is that when you're self-employed, there is no sharp division between who you are as a person and your job, right? The, the old adage that don't take it personal, it's business, doesn't apply to us, <laughs> right? It's all personal, not that our feelings get hurt, but it's all personal in that it's re- our success is relative to who we are as people and how we develop. So it has to be an ecosystem. It has to be, we can't, we can't compartmentalize these things because they all overlap. So to succeed when you're self-employed, it has to be a holistic ecosystem in order to achieve your level of success. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly makes sense. And it's sort of contrary to the way that 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 we're presented and sold and pitched things, right? We're we're think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That goes back to the permission piece. It's like, yeah, that's why we feel like we're the outliers. Like, yeah, that's not the way. Nor that's not. You know, here's the here's maybe a foundational difference. Most of the world of business is transactional based. When you're self-employed, almost guaranteed your business is relationship based, right? You're going to get business on those that you build a relationship. You're going to get returning customers from those you build a relationship with. You're going to get referrals from those that you have a relationship. For example, in traditional business, how often do we see businesses offer discounts to new customers only? Great way to destroy relationships with existing customers. When you're self-employed and in a relationship business, that's completely opposite. I, I teach strategies to actually have benefits and programs available only to existing customers. They need to feel like they are better and different than the general public, you know, and, th- and that is a distinguishable difference when you're self-employed is that you are in a relationship based business. So the rest of the world is transactional based. I love it. Well, Jeffrey, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? You know, and I, I recently recently wrote this for an article for Entrepreneur Magazine, and it is to to, to find your thing. You know, and I like to use the word thing because I think it actually opens up your mind to being creative. One of the biggest challenges uh, in difference making tips that, that will really make a difference for you is to, to do the inner work, to find what is the thing that you have to offer the world that is a combination of what I refer to as meaning and marketability. What has meaning to you? What are you qualified to do? What makes you unique? And that the world has to want that. It has to be marketable. And a way to, to try to find that difference making difference is I can almost guarantee you the world has been telling you what they find exceptional about you all along. You probably have been brushing it off. It's the compliments that you kind of think, eh, that's no big deal. That's easy for me. Well, guess what? What's easy to you may not be easy to other people and people will pay you for you to, to help them with what comes easy to you. We get so, and I know this is like having spent my years in creative businesses, people have the hardest time charging the most amount of money for what comes easy for them to them. Uh, but that actually is where your superpower and, ge- and creative genius lies. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Well, you know, if, in fact, if you are self-employed and you want to sort through all this, uh, I have a wonderful tool that you can get at uh, selfemployedassessment.com. Uh, six 
easy questions, but uh, you'll get back the results uh, designed by a custom algorithm that will tell you in in what parts of the self-employed ecosystem you're weak and what parts you're strong. So you, it's a great starting point. Again, selfemployedassessment.com. Um, actually, if you get the, if you grab that, you'll find me everywhere else. My main website is jeffreyshaw.com, and uh, you know it's it's easy to navigate from one thing to another. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jeffrey your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to selfemployedassessment.com and take advantage of that assessment tool. Go to jeffreyshaw.com and find everything that Jeffrey's working on and pick up a copy of The Self-Employed Life as well. Thanks again, Jeffrey. George, thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.